Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. John 10.10 reads as follows. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So you notice now, Jesus is giving us what the thief comes to do. Understand there is a thief. We all deal with the thief, whether directly or indirectly. Jesus puts it to us like this. In fact, he's actually making a comparison between him and the thief. He says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I want you to notice what Jesus said, though, about himself. And John recorded this in this latter part of verse 10. I have come. Now, think about this for a moment. If he was not present, is it good to know that he came? Because if he wasn't there, that means whatever. See, when when God comes into a situation, he's going to bring whatever comes with him. Are y'all following me here? When we understand that, we are, then we can really appreciate the presence of God. Because before he comes, there's no presence. In fact, one of the in, in indications is, is that the only person that's there is the thief. And we love the presence of God. That's why he says, I've come. And when he comes, notice what he's going to bring with him, that they may have life. Not only life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. The presence of the Lord brings divine blessings. Say that with me. The presence of the Lord brings divine blessings. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your presence in this sanctuary. Father, how could we make it without your presence in in the midst of us right now? Thank you for not only being in this church, but being in our homes, our businesses, riding up and down the road. When we go shopping, your word is declared. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And thank you for your divine presence being in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. When you look down at John 10 and verse 11, Jesus makes a very interesting statement or, to me, a very accurate statement about himself. He's not being arrogant. He's not being boastful. But he's making a valid point when he basically says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He calls himself the good shepherd, and he tells you why he calls himself the good shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd because I lay my life down for the sheep. I lay my life down. So he identifies himself as being good. He identifies himself as being precious, admirable, genuine, beneficial, excellent in nature and character. While we may encounter other shepherds, we strive who strive to be good, there is only one that can be identified as good at that level that Jesus is describing. And this is what you need to know. 
when you go through life challenges, life situations, you got to know that God is good. I know that everything is not going my way, but God is still good. I know I may be challenging my body, but God is still good. I know I may be, I may be challenging my relationships, but God is still good. I may go to that job tomorrow morning and they may act funny on my job, but I know even while they're acting funny, God is still good. When I go to school tomorrow morning or next week or whenever I may go, then I need to know that God is good despite that how my teacher may feel about me. That God is good. Well, how many ever been challenged? The only thing that kept you is the fact that you know that God is good. You ever been in a situation where you know where you were real challenged in your finances, in your body, in your mind, or whatever it is, and the only thing that kept you is God is good. I mean, you ain't got all the scriptures to back it up. You ain't got all the situations that may uh, support it, but you just know that God is good. God is good. Everybody say God is good. It is good to know that God is precious. He is admirable. He is genuine. He is beneficial. When I walk with God, I know it's beneficial to be with God. It's been, it's benefit. It's a benefit for me to pray because why? God is what? Good. It's benefit for me to come to church because why? God is what? Good. It's good for me when I have morning devotion because I know God is good. And this is what you need to know too. When you ask for the presence of God to be in your life, you know that only good things can come from the presence of God being in your life. When the presence of God is in your life, it don't matter what goes on out there as long as God is with me. Because if he never, if he's with me, I know he will not leave me nor forsake me. And if he's with me, I know he's good to me. Oh, I may be going through a rough trial, but I know that all things are working together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. I may not like the trial, but I know God is good to me. Oh, you got to know God is good. Oh, this week y'all got to know God is good. Oh, you ought to, you, listen, before the week gets started good, before Monday, Sunday evening get going, you need to know that God is good. Listen, you, listen, you need to know and to understand God is good. I know, I, I, I didn't say anything going good for you. I'm saying God is good to you though. Watch what I'm saying. That means that all things are working together for my good. Don't mean that everything going in my life is good. It means all things going to work together for my good. And I need to know that. I need to understand that. I need to listen. When that car starts acting funny, I need to know God is good. When I know that the, the food and the pantry is a little funny, I still need to know God is good. Listen, when I look at my checking account, my bank account, and I see myself being challenged, I need to know God is good. I need to know God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Woo! Everybody say God is good. Jesus goes on to provide a specific attribute that sets that sets the good shepherd above the rest, and that he gives his life for the sheep. We see that in the latter part of verse eleven. Why? Why is he good? Because he gives his life for the sheep. He lays his life down for the sheep. And as believers, we must value the fact that we serve a shepherd with power, 
We, we serve a, a shepherd that who's in authority, who has influence and privilege. Because why? He lays his life down for the sheep. But one thing about when he lays it down, he got the power to raise it back up again. We serve a God that can get that got up from the grave, not is going to get up, but has gotten up from the grave. That same Jesus is alive right now. I'm talking about alive on August the 4th, 2019. Jesus is still alive. That means that wherever you go, the reason God is good to you because he's alive right now. He's alive right now. He is alive. I mean, he's alive. I'm talking about he's alive right now. As I breathe, he is alive. As I go through whatever I go through, he's still alive. And if he's alive, he can still be good to me. Oh, that's good to know. See, that's why he tries to fight you about the resurrection. Because if you you think God is dead, how can he still be good to you? How can he still work all things out for your good if he's de- if he's dead? How can he still make a way out of nowhere if he's dead? How can he still heal your body if he's not alive right now to heal your body? But if he's alive, oh, I know that it, it may not come today, but sooner or later, I'm going to come out of this situation right here. Since he's alive right now, I may not be dealing, I may be dealing with something, but I know sooner or later, I'm coming out of it right now. Oh, I'm not going to stay in this. Who tells me I'm not going to stay in this all my life? Because God going to bring, bring me out of it. He's going to bring me out because he got power. He got authority. Go to John 10, 18. John 10, 18. The Bible reads as follows. No one takes it from me. I'm talking about his life. But I lay it down of myself. Woo-wee. Boy, that's power right there. I mean, whatever they tried to do him, only time that uh, God or Lord Jesus Christ will lose his life is when he laid it down. There were several times in Scripture where they said they were getting ready to take his life from him. They wanted to grab a hold of him. And the Bible says, oh, I'm not sure, brother. But come here, Rick. Come here real quick, man. Mr. Prosperity is what everybody calls you, man. Come on up. He lived up to a day. Praise God. Stay right there, Mr. Prosperity. Now, I want you to hold your hands out like you're going to get me, dog. Don't, stay right there. Hold your hands like you're going to get me. Two hands. Oh, yeah. You're going to get me, brother. You're going to get me, right? Stay right there. You're get me. Listen, they wanted to get Jesus. I'm Jesus. They wanted to get him. Just don't move, okay? But he walked right by he walked right by. They wanted to get him. They had their hands to go and get him. But God says, I'm not ready to lay my life down yet. And this is what God says. Whatever you're going through, they can only do it if I allow them to do it. Whatever you're dealing with, they can only do it if I allow them to do it. Because if God said, it ain't your turn yet. Two people, only two, three people got that. I don't think you got that yet. I don't think you got that yet. Listen, if God don't want them to get you, that's why he says no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. But every tongue that rises against you in judgment, I will condemn. So in other words, they can't harm you if God don't want them to harm you. But this is what you need to understand. The weapon will form, though. The weapon will form. It just won't prosper. So I, I see it. Yeah, you're going to see it, all right. But it won't prosper. Tell somebody it won't prosper. Thank you, my brother. Amen. Now let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. So now, he lays his life down. He lays his life down because he got power to do it. 
He got power. Now, Jesus further informs us in John 10, 10. So let's go back to John 10, 10, our text for the day. He says this. Even though we serve a shepherd with extraordinary power and influence, we must still be aware that there is a thief. There's an accuser. He is an embezzler. One definition we got to be careful about that comes to pass more than what we know. He is a false teacher. He is a false teacher. How can a false teacher be a thief? He will talk you out of the very thing that God promised for you for your life. That's a thief to me. That's a thief. He'll talk you out of the blessing that God has coming your way. When God says better is here and better is coming, he'll talk you out of that. That's a thief right there. He says, I'm going to provide every one of your needs. He'll talk you out of believing God. He'll talk you out that by his stripes, I am healed. You sickness and disease has no place in my body. He'll talk you out of it. That is a thief. He is a thief. He's a thief, an accuser, a false teacher, an abuser, a taker, and a swindler. Let me tell you something. The devil is a taker. The devil is a taker. Let me tell you something. The devil works so much that you can cast him out of this church right now, but he'll be waiting for you in the car, ready to take the word that you just learned here this morning. Yeah, what are you taking? Yeah, because when you leave here, you'll wonder what I talked about. You'll wonder what what revelation that God gave you. You'll leave here and you won't even remember what God has spoken to your DNA. He gave you something, but the taker came to take it. Well, Pastor, I cast the devil out. Oh, but you read scripture. The Bible talks about how they, the thief will, excuse me, the enemy will be cast out, but he'll go around. And he'll be looking for you again. Long cut story kind of short. Oh, he'll come back again now. Don't you ever think the devil won't come back again? Well, I, I cast him out. I, that's why I got constantly cast him out. Because sometimes it may be, I let him in directly or indirectly back into my life. So I got to bind that devil up and cast him back out again. I can't take for granted that the enemy is gone one day because he'll come back another day. Some of you know that right now, that the enemy is a taker. He'll take the promises of God from you, which are yes and amen. He'll take the very thing that God has spoken into your DNA. He'll take it from you again. You know, one way he'll take it from you, he'll take it with distractions. He'll get you distracted. You'll be thinking about everything except what God has spoken into your spirit. He is a taker. And the Bible calls him a thief. He's a thief because why? He's taking stuff from us. He's taking stuff. He's taking stuff. He's taking stuff. Now, the thief comes with purpose and an assignment. He got a job to do and he's going to do it. He's got a mission to accomplish, a responsibility, a charge. And we must be reminded there there are other influence and people who will not celebrate or support Jesus nor his children. Can I put to you in plain old simple English like some of y'all might quite get? Not everybody like you. Pastor, I try to treat everybody right and do right by everybody. I'm I'm sorry. And tell your neighbor, you you very sweet too. Come tell your neighbor, you very sweet too. And tell you very kind too. But tell it's still true though. <laughs> you know, some people don't like you because you are nice. I mean, it don't even make a lick of sense in the world to me. But some people because you say yes and no and you open the door for folks, people are like, they up to some. 
they up to something. Cause why? You're nice. Sometimes you can be a friendly person and all you do, you just say, hey, just say, hey, you don't, there's nothing meant by the hey, there's nothing uh, insinuated by the hey, but you'll say, hey, and they're like, they like you, don't they? What? What? I just said, hey, there was nothing meant by the hey, I was just being nice. That to be nice. And now you're taking my niceness the wrong way. Some people got a personal issue. That's why when you say hey to them, they take it to another level. But I'm gonna, that, I ain't got time for that today. Just keep that in mind when you think about that, all right? The thief is what we're going to say, an, ex, an expert. A person with comprehensive knowledge of an area or a particular person. He is skilled in a particular area. He is a specialist. He is an expert. If the Bible calls you a thief, you, you are literally a thief. Thief! And you are expert at what you do. I'm telling you, when the Bible calls you something, you better believe they know, the Bible knows what it's talking about. You are a thief. You are an expert at what you do. And that expert who has been charged with three tasks that he understands has plenty of experience in successfully accomplishing them. In fact, John 10.10 gives us those three things, the three areas that the thief is very skilled in and accomplished whether we realize it or not. Number one, he comes to steal. He comes to steal. He comes to take away by theft. He comes to take away in a sneaky manner. The thief comes away to take it away in a sneaky manner. He comes to commit a theft. And this is what you need to know about a thief. A thief in this, of this caliber only steals when there's something valuable to be, to be stolen. If you got the thief operating in your life, you ought to look around and say, I got something valuable going on here. Because why would he come after me if there's nothing valuable to be taken? Now, I ain't talking about just some of the penny added things you see around uh, on, on, on most wanted papers and, uh, and, and posters and stuff along that nature. I'm talking about a thief of the Bible nature. A thief of the Bible, they ain't going to waste their time on petty stuff. In fact, thieves don't really rob folks unless they think they got something valuable to them. That's why you see homeless people walk around all day long. Won't nobody be stealing nothing from them of anybody? You don't see the rock. You know, somebody came and got my junk. Because it's what? Junk. No, nobody want it. But you find something valuable. Listen, you want to find out if it's true or not, leave a $100 bill at the mall and see won't somebody come get it. See, won't it be gone? Because why? It's valuable to you. So when the thief comes, he's coming for something that is valuable. Now, let me say this to you, and I want you to hear this clearly. clearly. You are valuable to God. Mm -hmm. You are valuable to God. So the enemy says you got something valuable on the inside of you. So the enemy, the thief, is going to try to come and take something that's valuable. The second thing is to kill. Kill. Kill means to take the life from to slay, to slaughter, to take the life from, to slay, to slaughter. And this, if, he, if he's going to take the life from, that means there's something that's alive that he's coming against. You can't, you can't kill none that's already dead. 
Can't kill nothing that's already dead. So there's something that he sees as a lie that he wants to come and take. And the last definition is to destroy. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. To render useless. To perish. To be ruined. To render useless. That means it was useful before. But when he comes in, he will destroy what is useful. Your prayer life is good, but the enemy will destroy it if you ain't careful. You can have a, a wonderful relationship with somebody and you and you blame the individual, but it was the devil that came in and destroyed that relationship. You can have a wonderful job, and, but the enemy can come in and t- render that job useless because of foolishness. You can have something that is good, but it, it, it'd be ruined because you don't take advantage of what God had put in your life. You can have a good church relationship, but through your own fault, it can be ruined based on your lack. Let the enemy come in and destroy it. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. And and one thing I I realize in all of that, he's coming after something that is valuable, something that is alive. So if you got the enemy trying to mess with your life, you ought to realize that you got something valuable going on. You got something, listen, precious going on. You got something that is rich going on. You got something that is, listen, if the enemy coming after you and you wonder, why is he coming after me as hard as he coming after me? Don't he know I'm just an infant stage? Don't he know I haven't did anything yet? But he sees your potential in you. Why did he come after baby Jesus if he didn't see the potential in baby Jesus? Why is he coming after you? You barely pray five minutes. You barely come after Sunday Sunday school. But he's still after you because he knows once you ever get some traction going, once you ever start believing God, once you ever start giving, once you ever start praying, once you ever stop believing God, you're going to make look, havoc in the kingdom of darkness. So what I got, I'm going to stop you before you get started good. And that's sometimes the biggest thing he does. He stops us in our potential. He stops you while you're developing. He stops you. He he says, you know what? You ain't got to do but so much. He gets you in a place of indifference. You know, it don't take all of that to be successful in church. It don't take all of that, amen, to serve God. Oh, I can serve God while I'm at home. Can you really? According to Scripture? Did he not say, for Satan not to assemble ourselves together as the man of psalm is? So he, when he said that, he meant what he said. So now we're looking at this text and we're saying, God, you, you, enemy, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. You, he's an expert at this. He's been doing this for years, y'all. You can't defeat the expert on this novice information. You need the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in your life to help you defeat the enemy that rises up in your life. Let me say, let me say this to you. I want you to hear this clearly. Nobody in here can defeat the enemy by themselves. You don't know enough. You don't know enough in your natural mind in order to defeat the enemy on your own. You can't defeat the enemy, amen, with your natural way of doing things. You don't need the Holy Ghost to help you. You will need the spirit of God to give you truth that truth that will get you out of any situation. And then you're going to need the comforter to comfort you while you operate in truth. 
You're going to need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with it. And then you are not only filled with it, but you got to allow it to operate in your life. You got to be led in God by the truth. The Bible says it will fool the very elect if it was possible. It is Why? Because he's, he's after something that is valuable. You need to realize that you're valuable to God and to the kingdom of God. And if, if the enemy's trying to stop you from getting your traction going, keep you, get you from praying and fasting and really moving forward in the things of God, he will do that and he'll stop you. Young people, he will stop you in your tracks. While you are going to school, he will try to stop you at your school. He'll try to stop you with your in your very home life. He'll try to stop you because he sees something valuable in you. That's why the accuser continues on his assignment, which is wh- why he becomes so good at what he does. He works hard to cause discord or break our connection with Jesus and each other. He works hard to do that. That's why he continues. He's persistent in what he does. He, he, he proceeds and he's persistent with the process. He keeps with his assignment. That's why he's so good at it. He's been working on people for thousands of years, y'all. You've just been on the earth for a few years yourself. But now you're trying to go up with that kind, go up with that kind of individual, a thief. Oh, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. He works so hard to cause discord and bring our connection with Jesus, to break our connection with Jesus and each other. That's why the thief rejoices when he has an opportunity to ruin a Christian a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, a family, a church, a business, etc. See, the thief rejoices. He shows great joy and delight. He's happy and he's glad about the opportunity to find somebody who is Christ-like to destroy their friendship, to steal in their relationship, to cause their marriage to be destroyed, to cause their family to come to ruin, to cause their church life to be of null no, of no and none effect, to be useless, to cause their business not to be productive. He, whatever it is, he will use whatever means necessary to sneak in and destroy what Jesus has put in our lives or placed in our lives. Sadly, immature Christians will help the enemy fulfill his job by thinking, speaking, and acting in ways that are contrary to the word of God. Childish Christians, people that refuse to hear and apply the word of God. Immature, childish, they refuse to hear and apply the word of God. And they and then these individuals will help the enemy fulfill their job by thinking, speaking, and acting in ways that are contrary to the word of God. Opposite in nature, contradictory or conflicting to the word of God. Immature Christians will allow dissension, jealousy, gossip, bitterness, unforgiveness, and such like God to act just more than the written and revealed word of God. Don't let jealousy guide your actions. Don't let gossip and bitterness and unforgiveness cause you to make make decisions out of those. Don't let things such as that nature guide you other than the written and revealed word of God. That's why Jesus makes this life challenging declaration in John 10, 10, when he states that I have come. I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I like the fact that Jesus comes now. 
one thing when we say with Jesus come, that means he appeared. He has showed up. He is coming from one place to another. He has arrived. And not only that, he brings his mercy with him. He comes. He's come that we might have life and have it more abundantly and seen it like more than is necessary. A rich life, a super added life. In other words, we got something, but he's adding something super on it. Much more than all extraordinary life. God is giving all of us. He came that we might have life. And see, when Jesus comes, he brings his presence with us, with him. He brings his presence with us. He brings the fact that he is he's there he's existing he has an occurrence he has a supernatural influence felt to be nearby he brings his anointing his power and his love each one of these things can be experienced and we can expect our lives to be changed for the better because of his presence his presence i need his presence i, I let me say this to you we all need the presence of god in our lives we need the power of God in our lives. We need his love in our lives. We need his anointing in our lives. If you want your life to change, get in the presence of our God. You can't stay in the presence of God and, and expect to remain the same. If you want to enhance your presence, spend time with God in your prayer life and watch your life change for the better. Spend time in prayer and devotion time and watch your life change for the better. Listen, I know we just meet twice a week on normal normal weeks, but listen, you got to spend time with God every day of your life. Is it a day you can miss? No, you can't miss a day. Because why? I'm missing his presence. I'm missing his wisdom. See, when God's presence comes into my life, I know things going to get better. Oh, he may have to work some things out of me, but it's going to get better. Right down the road, his presence can fill a car. It can fill a car, and then you almost can't drive because Oh, God, you worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, you could be in your devotion time. Listen, listen, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday morning before day or whenever your devotion is, and spend time with God and watch God change your whole day because you spent time with him. Because he said, in all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Let me tell you something. You will get along with people a whole lot better if you spend time with God first before you spend time with people. Let me say it. I need to say that one more time. Your life will be a whole lot better. You won't get as angry. You won't get as frustrated. You won't get as mad if you spend time with God first before you go and say, hey, good morning, everybody. Because you spent time with God. Even if you got to get in your car and say, God, you know what? I'm going to worship you when I'm going to work. I'm going to say, God, you're wonderful. God, you're great. God, you're fantastic. And watch his presence just fill that car. Listen, you ought to find you a good CD where the presence of God comes on. Listen, that one song you hear, that one song, y'all say, whoo, that song right there. Let me get to track four. Let me get to track two. Let me get to track eight. I got to get that song going on. And let, whoo, I got the presence of God in here. And so when you're ready to go into a hostile situation, you got the presence of God all over you. You're ready to go in and mess with all them folks you work with every day. I'm talking about 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. You got you got the presence of God walking with you. Boy, I tell you, stop bounce off when you got the presence of God with you. Oh, y'all miss God. I gotta borrow my two brothers, borrow my two brothers right here. Yeah, y'all too, right here. So I'm getting the young brother right here. 
Y'all might can handle one right there. I need one stand right here and one stand back there. Hallelujah. Come on, little brother Jeffrey. Let's get it right there. So you got the presence of God in your life. Listen, listen. If I do this right, if I spend time with God. Now, I'm not saying how much time you spend with him. Everybody understand? My main focus is, is that you spend time with him. And that is quality time. Y'all see the difference now? Now, like for example, sometimes me and my wife can spend time together, but one on the phone, other on the phone. Is that quality? No. Quality is when we can communicate to one another, right? Now, when you communicate with God, when you get the job, I mean, excuse me, when you get to your business, your job, wherever you got to go, family, and they, they look at y'all funny, you can just bounce off of them. Bounce off of them. Bounce them. Well, you're the bouncer. Why? Because you're the presence of God. It calls you to be protected. The presence of God calls you to have a shield around you. The presence of God calls you. And listen, it's not a shield that everybody can see. That's why you're so happy because you've been in the presence of God. Woo! Happy folks are in the presence of God because they have, they happy. Woo! I've been in God's presence. Listen, you can be frown, mad, looking all deep like you're looking right now, bro, but I bounce off of you. You can be looking all hard and stuff like they're going to bother me. Woo! I got the presence of God. See, yeah, yeah, they were across some hard folks going, you say help, good morning to them. What's good about it? That's right. Hey, hey. That don't bother me because why? Well, I've been in the presence of God. But see, you ain't been in his presence for a while. Oh. Say something. Good morning, whatever. No. Well, <laughs> you get right back with him. That don't look familiar to some of y'all in here? Let me ask your neighbor, your friend. Let me ask them about your coworker. Oh, does that sound familiar to some of y'all in here? Why? Because you haven't been in the presence of God. So you're in carnal mode just like they in carnal mode. You're in fleshly mode just like they in fleshly mode. You can't bounce down now because you ain't been with nobody. They got power. They got ability. They got strength. But when you're in the presence of God, ooh, your life will change for the better. That's why you can say better is here, better is coming. Because you've been in the presence of God. That's why you say all oh, things are working together for my good. Because why? You've been in the presence of God. Oh, you look at your financial situation. Oh, I've been in the presence of God. Oh, he's going to supply the need. Oh, my body being challenged. Oh, he's going to heal my body. Oh, he's going he to do whatever he promised me according to his word. Thank you all so much. You've been in the presence of God. Now. When you've been in his presence, you're going to receive his anointing, his power, and his love. Now, we can cause his presence to be stronger through prayer, through devotion, through church service. We cause his presence to be stronger. Now, you can have a presence, but I like a strong presence of God. I like a, anybody, let me, let me ask a question. How many like a strong presence of God in their life? You don't want no weak God in your life, do you? You want a God that when the devil come, the devil say, oh, the thief come. I can't stay there. Because the thief come. And, he, and when he sees the presence of God, he's like, oh, I can't go right there. I can't steal, kill, and destroy in their life because the presence of God is there. Because you know, if I had a bodyguard such as some of them brothers back there, uh, uh, you know what? I wouldn't worry about some folks trying to come up to me. Because why? I got the presence of bodyguards in my midst. When you got the presence of God, you, the, the thief, he may try to steal, kill, and destroy, but it's hard for him to do it with the presence of God being in your life. The 
presence of God. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you something. That's why the presence of God is so important. Can you imagine if we came to church and the presence of God was not in the sanctuary? Can you imagine if we came to church and we we could lift our hands and we gave and we do the things we do in church, but the presence of God was not in our midst? It'd be like throwing money away. It'd be like lifting our hands for nothing because the presence of God is not in our sanctuary. We cannot survive in this ministry without the presence of God. Pastor, why do you keep emphasizing that? Because we all need to be on the same page. Every time we come into the sanctuary, listen, I don't care what program we got going on, we need to understand the presence of God is so important. So important. It's got to be in our music. It's got to be in our giving. It's got to be in our prayer. It's got to be with our MC. It's got to be in our life, the presence of God. And now, I want you to know something. When the presence of God is here, when the presence of God is here, I want you to notice what it says in John 10, 10. When the presence of God is in our midst, he came that, listen, when he come, the presence of God is here, I'm going to have life. I'm going to have life. I'm going to have life. Not only am I going to have life, I'm going to have it more abundantly. That sounds like a divine blessing to me. Ooh, that sounds like a divine blessing to me. Now I'm going to have life. I'm going to have the fullness of God. I'm going to have, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be real and genuine. I'm going to have a prosperous life. But not only that, I'm going to have it exceedingly more than is necessary. Riches super added more than them all extraordinary. I am going to be divinely blessed when the presence of God enters my life. Are y'all seeing the text? He says, I've come that you might have life. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm prosperous. But then he says this, I'm going to have it more abundantly. That sounds like a divine blessing to me. That's why when, when, when his presence comes, I am divinely blessed. Y'all see that in the text? You see when he came that you going to have life? That means when his presence shows up, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your car, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your school, whether it's in the church, you are going to be divinely blessed. You're going to be divinely blessed. I want you to get that in your spirit this morning, that wherever God's presence is, we are divinely blessed. Because when you got the presence of God in your life, you've got God in your life. Not only that, you got access to supernatural blessings. You got access to a God that has more than enough. You got access to a God that has unlimited resources. You got access to a God that will never run out. That's why the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no what? Sorrow to it. Why? Because you got the presence of God down. Oh, if the presence was there, if the presence of God was not there, I would not have access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. But when he's there, I've got access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. Oh, I am divine. That's why when the presence of God is in our life, we're divinely blessed. That's why when the presence of God, when you go shopping somewhere, you ain't got to worry about if you got enough. You got more than enough. All you got to do is get the word from God. Do you want me to have it, God? 
When you get ready to go to the doctor and the doctor saying, I don't know, you'll say, well, I've got access to the unlimited God with unlimited resources. I am divinely blessed. I got more than enough. Therefore, that's why you don't go about what's in your pocket to determine whether or not you got enough or not enough. You go by your access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. You don't go by your mental status or your physical status or whatever it is you're dealing with. You go by, it's the presence of God in my life right now. Because if his presence is here, that means that I can have what God says I can have. I can do what God tells me I can do. Why? Because I got access to an unlimited God with unlimited resources. That's why when his presence is in our life, we are divinely blessed. That's why we can receive Jesus, Lord and Savior. His existence in our life brings salvation, deliverance, protection, and prosperity. Despite the enemy's attack, which could cause havoc, damage, destruction, devastation, or disaster in our lives. And that one thing about it, when God brings his deliverance, his protection, and prosperity, that's the life we live in. That's, that's our everyday life of deliverance, protection, and prosperity. Prosperity in every area of our life. But the enemy will always try to bring damage or destruction or devastation or disaster. And one of the, one of the, let me tell you one of the enemy lies and the enemy that he's trying to get to many of our people is this. Is that, and this is what I call steal, kill, and destroy, all kind of wrapped up in one. Is that you don't have enough and you don't know where it's going to come from. That's the lie he's trying to tell our people. That is the lie he's telling our people. You do not have enough and you do not even know where it's coming from if you don't have enough. When the God that we serve says you may not have enough, but you know where it's coming from. You know where it's coming from. You know that God has more than enough to supply my need. You know that God going to do exceedingly abundant. You know that God going to do what he said he going to do. Listen, sometimes you need strength in order to make it through. You may not have it naturally, but you know where your strength comes from. You may not have enough mental know-how mentally, but you know where your, your uh, wisdom is coming from. If anybody let wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth all men liberty and abrade of not. You know where it's coming from. You know, if somebody tells somebody that, you know where it's coming from. That's it. That's it. See, being poor says this. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where it's coming. You're poor when you don't know where it's coming from. But you're rich when you know where it's coming from. And how many know it's coming from a supernatural God with unlimited resources, unlimited access to unlimited limited resources how many know god got more than enough more than enough to meet every need that arises in your life more than enough let me close let me finish this up real quickly we allow jesus presence to guide and direct our lives the weapons of the enemy may form but they will not prosper according to isaiah 54 17 isaiah 54 17 go to isaiah 54 17 real quickly because you understand that the enemy will form a weapon. That's why you, that's why he said I come to steal. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In every tongue which rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and the righteousness of the means, says the Lord. See, the weapons will form the vessels, the artillery, the instruments of the enemy. 
he go, he go, listen, he got some serious instruments, y'all. He got some serious artillery. Artillery, the wiles of the devil, the thoughts that come at your mind on a week, on a, sometimes a day by day, hour by hour. I mean, how many can ever can admit to the fact that sometimes you have thoughts come at your head that you can't quite explain? I mean, that's, that's real, ain't it? I mean, that's real. Sometimes the enemy will bombard your mind with all types of thoughts. But thank God that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. It won't work. It won't advance. It won't make progress. That's why we challenge you, invite you to make a commitment to remain in his presence and enjoy the divine blessings. We invite you. We engage you to make a commitment to remain, to abide, to stay, to continue to exist in his presence. And let me say this to you, in his presence equals maturity. You, get, you grow up when you get in God's presence. You can't stay a child being, excuse me, you can't stay a child in God's presence. In God's presence, you're going to grow up. In God's presence, you're going to be mature. In God's presence, you're going to make decisions that are better than what they were before. Life going to be better for you. But you know, but the thing I want to get, make sure we get today. In order to enjoy the divine blessings that God has for us, we need to be in his presence. That's why Jesus said, I have come, I am come that you might have life and that you have, may have it more abundantly. Where did it come from? When his presence was in our lives. We receive life, don't receive life, we receive it more abundantly. We in his presence, we receive and we operate and we live in his Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.